HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece has been brought to you by Bonnie Plants, bonnieplants.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. And welcome to the Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. Um, here today with someone who probably has the, the best food name I've had on air so far, uh, Paul Salmon. And that's salmon like the fish. That's right, Michael. Uh, how often do you actually have to kind of say that? Uh, I don't know. It's been sort of a, even my dad used to say salmon like the fish. Yeah. So I think I kind of said it all my because life. Because there's another salmon world that isn't aquatic that someone uh, might mispronounce your last name. Just a very misunderstood <laughs> name, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and this accent that we're hearing right now, it's funny that we're going to lead into Jamaican food and culture and cuisine. Um, but in no way are you Jamaican. Well, I wouldn't quite say that, but we can't really go there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, no, I, uh, I'm from, well, kind of, you know, I'm from Australia. It's like the Commonwealth. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, a, it's a bigger island nation. We're cricket playing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. These commonalities, um, you know, because Jamaica, as, as I know it, I grew up with a whole bunch of uh, Caribbeans. It, there's British influence. There's Spanish influence. It's a much more worldly place than this kind of umbrella term jamaica that's out of many one people that's the country's motto yeah yeah so, so uh yeah no it's definitely a, a mix uh, in its heritage of uh, all kinds of different countries that have, have come together i actually think that's one of the great things about the food is that it's been influenced by so many different parts of the world yeah i mean how did it draw you in because coming from australia you moved to the states uh to do finance yeah, well, that was my sins of the 90s, really. Uh, you know, I've been a long time out of that game. But originally, I, I did uh, come here. But I actually went to Jamaica before I moved to New York. I uh, I started going there, and uh, I had about a month off before I moved to New York. And I and I'd spent that month in Jamaica, sort of traveling around the island. This is back in uh, 91, 92 kind of time, so a long time ago. Yeah, and, and why why there? Why did you choose Jamaica? Well, like like most things, of course, it was a girl that kind of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that drew me there originally. 
Um, you know, I was chasing this Aussie girl who, like, I'd met and been dating, and, uh, you know, she was totally captivated uh, with the culture and the music, and it introduced me to it, really. And uh, that's that's how I ended up uh, heading down there. Yeah, I mean, talk to me about that first day, that that first foray into that culture and music. I mean, what what took you over? I mean, because right now, Jamaica is kind of your life. It it really has become that. I I, uh, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, I, to be honest, I think part of it goes back to the familiarity of the culture um, and 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 the Commonwealth. And there are so many things that are very similar, actually, in, in many ways, to Australia. Um, uh, within within Jamaica, so there was partly that, but also just the the, the people. You know that first trip. You know um, the girl I was uh, traveling around with was. Uh, you know she'd gone to 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 uh, study anthropology in the Caribbean uh, uh, studies department at UCLA. I mean she was really deep into the culture kind of thing. So. You know, this was not, um, it was very local style. Everywhere we caught the local minibus, you know, we traveled all around the island, you know, uh, whether it be, you know, in the inner city in Kingston, we went down to Studio One and met Cox and Dodd and, you know, like these sort of archetypal figures in, in Jamaica's history, you know, that she had a sort of, had already sort of laid the groundwork of. And, and so, you know, it was a kind of a very much uh, a meet the people kind of introduction and, you know, and, and often on their own terms, you know, not really a touristy sort of approach and I, I think it just through that process really fell in love with the country and the people and its vibrancy yeah i feel like when people nowadays say anthropological um it's usually paired with food um a lot of people you know it, it's how you ingratiate yourself or how someone else kind of helps you assimilate into a place is it's through a meal um what were those first bites in jamaica like and was it that familiar setting I mean, look, you know, I got to say, you know, it was pretty, um, you know, we weren't exactly fine dining, let's say. But I think that's actually one of the great things about uh, Jamaica is you can sort of have an amazing meal at a, at a you know, 3 a.m. in the morning at a at a, um, a 44-gallon drum sort of cut open that's cooking the jerk. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, uh, I think from the start, you know, it was this kind of great spicy mix of foods. I mean, I love patties, you know, and, and there were lots of those. That was a bit of a staple back then, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, pretty much um, as we traveled around, we tried all sorts of different foods along the way. You know, it was, it was a, a great, you know, a great experience from, you know, and, and, and it's kind of interesting because regionally different things happen in food. You know, as you travel around Jamaica, you know, you've got the guys in middle quarters who'll come at you, you know, or, or down at, at towards the, the western end, the guys that come at you more with like bags of peppered shrimp or like, you know, you stop off at these truck stops and eat kind of amazing food as you work, work your way around. But I was definitely more dining at the, you know, at the low end mainly then, you know, like much more the street food kind of style. Yeah. And I mean, that's been incorporated into how you open up Brock House Hotel. Um, you know, though there are many levels of dining there, it feels like that approachable street food um, vibe. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. One of the restaurants at, at the Rock House is called Pushcart, and it's really inspired by the, the street food uh, style, you know, and, and, you know, much of it harks back to kind of traveling around the island and seeing the different kinds of street food that are out there. Yeah. Can you set the scene, though, of Rock House? Because when you go on the website and you see those blue, blue waters and, and Caribbean vibe, I mean, it, it's it's hard not to book a ticket there instantly. It, absolutely. I mean, it really is a magical place. And, I, you know, even back in the early 90s, when I sort of first walked into that property, it was really incredibly beautiful. Um, and 
I mean, it's on this little cove called Pristine Cove, and it's really 20 thatch roof villas along a, you know, 30-foot cliff face, you know, with a sort of a jumping bridge. And a, and it, it's quite uh, magical, you know. Um, I, it, it's, you know, in... Uh, I think it was in Condé Nast Traveller. They actually have that annual readers survey or whatever. And one year we were, you know, voted the most beautiful hotel. You know, I think in 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 certainly the Americas at the time. You know, because it it really is this natural, incredibly beautiful location there. It's funny to associate the words beauty and pristine with jerk. I think we have to. <laughs> I think we have to define what that means before we we talk about it anymore. Um, it's it's kind of the eponymous seasoning of jamaica right and i think that you know there's uh i mean jerk is sort of both a a source and a technique i guess you know so um you can uh i mean something is is jerk if you just put you know the jerk marinade uh or jerk you know jerk seasoning on it which really revolves primarily you know around scotch bonnet the fiery sort of hot pepper and uh, pimento, which is, you know, their kind of allspice on the island kind of thing, are the two kind of indigenous key ingredients of jerk. But it's also, you know, an approach to sort of slow cooking um, that is, uh, you know, done differently around the island. You know, uh, um, like I said, you know, you'll, you'll be able to get a jerk chicken, you know, off a, a pan-cooked jerk chicken, which is sort of a 44-gallon drum cut in half and, and, and pan-cooked like that. You know, or you can go to sort of Boston all the way at the other end of the island from where we are down in Port Antonio way. And, you know, they kind of slow cook uh, underground traditionally, you know, uh, the, the jerk, uh, you know, in a coal pit. And so, the, you know, there's different different approaches. Some call that jerking the, you know, the, the, the meat, you know. So, you know, it's, a, it's in some ways it's an approach. There's a, another way of doing it, like, a, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a place called Scotchies in Montego Bay that does awesome jerk. And, and you know, they slow cook on actual, uh, on the tree, the pimento tree, they lay across a fire, slow cook on the coals with corrugated iron laid over the top of the food and then, uh, and peel it off. Uh, and, and, you know, sort of, uh, that's another sort of approach that hybrids between the kind of slow cook tradition of uh, underground, but also layers in the, the marinade. See, don't you wish DOH would allow you to do this at Miss Lilies? I mean, it just sounds like magic, uh, the, the underground, the coal, you know, on the tree. Yeah, I mean, I, look, that would be awesome. I mean, you know, we've kind of come up with our own approach at Lilies that, that um, you know, certainly tries to, you know, uh, uh, mimic the, the taste and the, the slow cooking approach. You know, we uh, at, at Lilies, we kind of have a three-day process to our jerk. You know, we kind of brine it the first night. The second night, we marinate it over night and on the third day we slow cook it in a CVAP oven and really when you order it we're just finishing it on the grill to get the grill marks and to, to finish it off so so we, we've come up with our own sort of methodology if you like that yeah. kind of tries to mimic that flavor yeah I mean uh, and I can vouch for your jerk chicken I, I've, I've been a longtime customer of the islands in Prospect Park and you know that's kind of my go-to and every once in a while I, I cheat on it with missily so it's <laughs> I have to admit that on air it, it's kind of like a, you know like AA um, but Another thing that I, I certainly go to Miss Lily's for is the beef patties. And, you know, th- this is something that, again, is, is all over Crown Heights, a lot of areas of Brooklyn that have a large, uh, dense population of Jamaican and Caribbean uh, peoples. I mean, you see beef patties everywhere, but outside of New York, I mean, uh, it felt rare. 
No, and I, you know, I think uh, it's one of the things we're sort of, you know, we've really developed at Lilies too. I think, you know, we've kind of gone with more of a gourmet sort of style. It's, you know, we we house make the the whole thing from scratch every, you know, each day they're, they're they're rolling them out and stuff. And so I think that's one of the specialties that we've been able to develop. But but it's certainly a ubiquitous thing in Jamaica, whether it be your, you know, your, uh, your, your you know, one of, one of the your juicy patty down there, uh, you know, that are kind of like a McDonald's chain store almost across the island. You yeah. Know? where you go in and, and get your patties. It's a very much a staple. Yeah. I've got to say that's another kind of relationship to Australia. In Australia, you have these meat pies that are kind of in the same vein, you know, these pastry-wrapped, you know, uh, uh, ground beef kind of uh, pies. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like Jamaica puts it over the top with, you know, giving you cocoa bread, and, well, <laughs> and then absolutely. they should give you a hammock and a nap afterwards. It totally takes it to another level, that's for sure. I mean, some of the other things introduced via Miss Lily's uh, was curry, curry goat. Um, and, you know, here at Heritage, uh, we have Heritage Foods and we do goat, Goat-tober every October and are trying to bring that protein kind of more to the forefront. But it is a staple of the Jamaican diet. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, there's no doubt goat is uh, one, of the, one of the key things down there. I can I can tell you a bit of a funny goat story uh, if you. <laughs> I'd rather hear a serious goat okay, story. Right, no. okay. <laughs> Let's hear it. No, well, maybe not so. This is yeah. pretty. It was pretty serious at the time. <laughs> you know, uh, when we first bought the rock house, this is back in '93, I guess, right? We were um, we were uh, developing the property. You know, we kind of had big work crews. We, we, we settled on the property in August and we'd planned to get open for Thanksgiving, right? So that's not a very long period of time considering the sort of renovation, construction that we had planned. So we had a huge crew of people working. And uh, we, we, we were cutting down this one tree that's right where the restaurant is now. And this tree uh, supposedly had some sort of spirit living in it. And the guy <laughs> cutting down the tree had a chainsaw and he'd take out this bottle of rum every now and again and he'd sprinkle it on the tree and cut a little bit more and then sprinkle again and cut more. Anyway... I know this doesn't sound like a goat story, but, <laughs> but uh, anyway, he, the next day, uh, the guy with the, you know, he got about half the job done. The next day, he doesn't show up to work, and another guy takes over the job, right, with much less respect for the spirit in the tree, no rum, no, no procedure. He's cutting down the tree, and his chainsaw goes out of control, and he actually cuts himself, right, and with the chainsaw. And, I, you know, I was on property. I took him down to the doctor. It wasn't too bad. I think he had, like, eight or ten stitches, right? And I, I come back to the property. The whole property is down tools. We had about 120 people, you know, working there at that point. And... You know, uh, this was my first insight into sort of, you know, um, you know uh, how, uh, you know, Jamaicans can sort of lead you on down a path, right? The whole property start, you know, down tools and they're like, you cut the land, the land wants blood, we need sacrifice, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, we're kind of thinking, are you serious? Like, you know, and anyway, they're like, uh, yeah, 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 we've got to get a goat and we've got to <laughs> slaughter a goat on property and spread the blood around but really it was all about currying up the goat bringing in a whole bunch of red stripes and having a party <laughs> to you know consecrate the ground so now every time we do new construction we we curry a goat on site as, only, as part of the part of the process that's something i only wish had happened every time you saw a construction site in new york but we're going to take a quick break being that that was the goat greatest of all time goat story i've ever heard on this show you've been listening to the food scene on heritage radio network.org we'll be right back Mm-hmm. 
just your garden. It's the way you live. And there's so much to know. But you have help. Bonnie Plants. Now with Bonnie's app, Homegrown, you can learn about veggie and herb varieties, track and record your garden with photos and notes, share on Facebook and Twitter, and so much more. How'd you ever grow without it? Get Homegrown with Bonnie Plants for iPhone and Android. The more you know, the better you can grow with Bonnie. The one and only Dave Arnold brings the noise to Heritage Radio Network every Tuesday on Cooking Issues. Coming to you live on the Heritage Radio Network from Roberta's Pizzeria in Bushwick and Brooklyn. If the bomb was going to drop and you only had 15 minutes, which is like, I can, I can make a sandwich in 15 minutes. He would be eating a sandwich. I, I'd kiss my wife, make a sandwich. If you believe that it's all about to be over, why eat healthy? Not a freaking Neanderthal. I like a tempered ice cream sandwich. But it's the only way to get around it if you're a party master because you, you're going to wind up, like, your kitchen's going to fill with dishes. And is Some there... people have commercial dishwashers in their house. Who? I've seen them. Who? I've seen them. Who? <laughs> really rich people. <laughs> For more mile-a-minute knowledge from Dave and the crew, listen to Cooking Issues, available on Heritage Radio Network, iTunes, and Stitcher. Hey, and welcome back to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here with Paul Salmon of Miss Lily's. Um, and if you didn't hear the greatest of all time goat story, please listen to the first half of this episode. Um, Miss Lily's has kind of become this, this place. Um, there's a lot going on there. There is. <laughs> yeah. Because aside from just the restaurant itself, you have Melvin's Jukebox. Um, and it began, too, with Radio Lilies. And I kind of want to start there because let's talk about the music of Jamaica and Mr. Jimmy Cliff. Right. No, well, Jimmy is like one of the all-time greats of, uh, of reggae music, obviously. Um, you know, I remember actually one of the, the first things, even before going to Jamaica, that I saw was, you know, The Heart of They Calm, which is one of the most iconic reggae uh, movies ever made. But um, uh, Jamaican movies ever made. But, um, you know, uh, Jimmy came and, and opened up the radio. We, we opened up this little radio station to, to, to broadcast uh, reggae music, Radio Lily. Um, at uh, RadioLily.com and uh, we, uh, you know um, and Jimmy uh, through sort of connections and whatever was able to come down and do a sort of a live reggae show you know, to open it up, which was totally incredible. Yeah, I mean, talk about setting the vibe Absolutely, <laughs> like totally on point from day one. Yeah, and you know uh, talk about setting the vibe Melvin, I mean he, he is such a character he's such a persona um, you know, serving some of the best juice in the city and why was that an important part to Miss Lily's? Well, I think, you know, uh, I mean, we'd opened up the restaurant and we had an opportunity to expand into the next door. And we were thinking about, you know, what, what, we, what we could do, you know, into this new space. And, and it, he's such a natural brand extension. You know, we were talking about, you know, we wanted to set up a sort of a cafe in there that would, would uh, be able to do delivery from and where we could run more of a, a, a lunch vibe. And, you know, Melvin was such a perfect, uh, you know, execution. He's just so positive and warm and welcoming, you know, and he makes awesome juice. You know, I'd known him for a long time uh, when he was at Lifetime, uh, the organic uh, uh, grocery on 6th Avenue there around the corner, very close to Lily's. And... Uh, it, 
had got to know him while he was there and, and just seemed like a, a natural natural extension for the place, you know. And he was has been so perfect since joining the team. Yeah, I mean, I love all the fresh coconut. And he is the only person, I think I told you this before we uh, went on air, I don't quite like or understand Callaloo. And he's the only person that I'm willing to accept it from. Because he'll, he'll put in a shake every once in a while or a juice and everything's all right with me. That's right. I mean, look, Callaloo actually does taste great in a juice, you know. We, we have a... a, a Rockhouse Greens down in Jamaica that's strictly Callaloo based you know but but it is it's a it's it's an awesome uh, vegetable in that spinach family yeah and kind of segueing from vegetables the the Rastafarians is a primarily vegetarian cuisine I think a lot of people know you know Rastafari as as you know a way of life or, or music but I mean it it's really has its base in in the idea of you know what to eat no absolutely like ital food which is you know comes from vital and it's very actually vegan is probably closer than vegetarian to the kind of the, the food philosophy that goes with it but uh, absolutely and i think that's another aspect that they've brought to the culture in jamaica around dining is a you know a much healthier approach you know, it's one of the things, uh, being able to integrate, um, you know, uh, great foods. You know, we, we, we started an organic farm on the property of the Rock House now, and we actually serve, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, our own fruits and vegetables straight into the menu there, which is a great aspect. Too. Yeah. Do you grow aki? Well, aki is actually a very tricky thing to grow. You've got to have a pretty well-developed tree for that. Yeah. And it's actually, it's a very... Um, dangerous food type you know they have uh, many deaths a year from ackee poisoning really if you don't uh, if you eat ackee before it's properly ripe before it's opened it it, it can kill you so look, it's like look the- up ackee deaths oh, online you'll see, yeah you'll, that's you'll a wormhole <laughs> but it's, it's like the blowfish of of, of jamaica. jamaica yeah absolutely <laughs> um you know importing this culture you also had to import you know, certain ingredients, I assume. I mean, how did you and, you know, Chef Adam, um, how were you able to source the things that you needed here in New York? Well, I, well, I think the fact, firstly, that there's obviously a vibrant, you know, um, West Indian community here in New York. So a lot of the stuff is or, was already here. It, it You know, so, so there wasn't... Um, that was not so tough. I mean, some of the things are, are more difficult to find. You know, to get um, fresh callaloo, you know, is like that's a, that's a bit more difficult to find. Actually, track down people that will import that and bring it up. You know, because uh, it, it tastes uh, way way better. You can buy it canned, right? Yeah, but it's certainly not the same thing as getting it fresh. So some of the things that took a bit more effort to, to track down to get proper pimento. You know, the the allspice that's the Jamaican one is is a little bit trickier. But but the, you know, because there's a big uh, Jamaican contingent here, you can normally track down the things that you need. You just follow the rum. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you, you just kind of sniff that out and everything else will follow. And I mean, let, let's talk about rum for a second, too, because the rum trade, I think, helped internationalize Jamaican cuisine or maybe even the coffee trade. I'm, I'm not sure which is kind of more of an export. Probably a bit of both. Uh, I, you know, obviously Jamaica or the Caribbean in general is a massive uh, rum exporter. You know, uh, we have Appleton is based pretty close to where the hotel is, and you can do a kind of a tour of the Appleton Distillery down there, which is great. But you know, uh, it's certainly part of the part of the culture, and you know that visiting the sort of the local you know rum bar little sort of uh, you know tin shed uh, shack uh, and the characters that you run into there is certainly part of the jamaica experience yeah i mean with all this rest and relaxation there's a serious note um 
and you guys have done such a wonderful job uh, with the Rock House Foundation down in Jamaica. And I, I want you to touch a little bit about how you kind of give back to that community. Yeah, I mean, when we started the hotel, we tried to come with a philosophy of sort of being a responsible hotel, uh, you know, in a developing economy like Jamaica's. And we, you know, obviously we want to give the guests a great stay and we want to make the, the, the um, Jamaicans partners in the success of the hotel. We kind of wanted to be environmentally, you know, uh, um, uh, certified. But, but also... We wanted to give back to the community. And about a bit over a decade ago, we began a non-profit called the Rockhouse Foundation to put traction behind this idea of um, giving back to the community. And uh, we really work with uh, local schools uh, on redeveloping them. We've, uh, we've, we've now um, uh, fully renovated and rebuilt five local public schools and uh, as well as the local library in Negril. And we're just, about, uh, we're just breaking ground right now on our sixth project, which is we're building the area's first uh, special needs early childhood school down there. So it's been it's been something, you know, that we've uh, really got a lot of the goodwill from guests that have come through and have become supporters of the foundation on a on a regular basis. We've really been able to put a substantive program behind it. You know, we've invested over three million US dollars now at this point in the in the program and the projects down there. You know, and uh, we've been really able to get great support. We do a big annual fundraiser each year at Joe's Pub, and uh, we've had awesome support for that. You know, a lot of the, you know, uh, we've had a lot of great artists come and play that, from Shaggy and Sean Paul to, uh, you know, uh, Marcia Griffiths or, uh, you know, uh, all, all con- Barrington Levy, all kinds of, like, Jamaican icons have come and supported us in on that night. So, you know, one to look out for every October. Yeah, it feels good to know that every roti and red stripe actually goes to a better place. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you know, it's a part of Lily's culture too, you know, a portion of the profits underwrites the foundation as well from, from both Lily's and the Rock House. And I think it's one of the things that, you know, we've really put our, uh, you know, dollars behind and, and, and really tried to make a, a, a success. And we're very proud of, of what we've been able to achieve down there. There's lots more to do. And, you know, we just feel very uh, excited to be able to put some positivity into the, uh, you know, into the landscape there. Do your children think that you're cool because you know Shaggy and Sean Paul, or are they embarrassed by that fact? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I think you know my my 17 year old is pretty much embarrassed by everything about me. I think yeah. you know um, he's at that age kind of thing. But uh, no, uh, it's a bit of a bit of a mixed bag, I'd say. Yeah, and he's they've actually become more and more involved in the foundation too. He's actually doing a great thing right now. He's doing this um, through his school. They're organizing a, a, a with his school. They're organizing a a 40 hour turn down where they turn off all their social media, TV, whatever, and they're they're creating. A, um, a fundraiser for the foundation uh, to uh, for the technology budget down in Jamaica. That's oh, going to go on May, May 20th for that's, the weekend. That's yeah. so great. And I mean, if you want to disconnect completely, obviously go down to the grill. Jamaica and spend some time at Rock House. Absolutely. That's that's the right. And if you can't make it to Jamaica, stop by Miss Lily's and get the tropical vibes, transport yourself and uh, get the, you know, get the Jamaica feeling right here in New York. Absolutely. And just remind me again, out of many one people. That's right. That's all you need to know. Thank you so much, for, Paul, for being on. And again, stop by Miss Lily's whenever you can. You've been listening to The Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. Hoping to have you back here next Tuesday at 3. Big thank you to Bonnie Plants for sponsoring the music by Cookies, as always, and David engineering the heck out of it. Cheers.
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.